What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Winter Circle. This is this is episode fourteen. I can't believe I've done fourteen of these things already. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry again. I know I missed last week again. So the last couple of weeks, I've only been able to post two. This will be the second, but I understand. I've skipped a couple of weeks now twice. And, uh, look, man, I've been feeling like straight shit. I'm just going to be honest. Last, uh, uh, so, full disclosure, on Christmas, weekend of Christmas, got COVID, was killed by that. That killed me. Um, I did not feel well, aches, pains, all that crap. And then I got out of that, was able to record that, that the Friday after, dropped that, and then the next week... Get back to work and everything, you know, work started back up that week, it was the first week of January, and the next week I get another fever again, and aches and pains and all that stuff, head congestion this time, all that, everything, and I think that time was just a regular flu, I don't know man, I didn't really take any tests, but I I got sick again, so long story short, I've been just feeling like straight shit. If you can hear it in my voice, I'm sorry. I'm still a little congested in the head, but I'm feeling a thousand times better. But, yeah, man, it's just been a whole... It, there's been, just been so much crap, and I, I missed the last couple weeks... Well, last week, and, the you know, the couple weeks prior to that. So, I do apologize. I appreciate y'all being patient. But, there's been a lot going on, man. There's been a lot going on. So... Since I last talked to y'all, Jets still had an opportunity to make the playoffs. Well, obviously, that hasn't happened. They end the season with six straight losses. Um, their owner comes out, talks, you know, starts talking after they fire the offensive coordinator. Uh, get into all that. Where do they go at QB in the offseason? We'll get into that. Giants. Um, hey, guess what? The Giants are in the playoffs. They're in the playoffs. They're in the fucking playoffs. First time in five seasons, I believe it is. Last time we were in a playoff game, that would have been 20. I think that would have been the 2016-2017, so January of 2017. So it's been a while, and I'm freaking excited. I may not sound like it right now, but again, the head's a little congested, so give me a break, okay? Thanks. But um, they're in the playoffs, baby. They smoked Indy. I was very confident going into that game. And they just proved me right. So that got them in. We'll get into them. They're going up against Minnesota in the wild card round. Um, The Rangers get a freaking monster win last night. Um, If you're a Ranger fan watching that game last night, you thought that thing was done. Um, But the game tying goal with a second left. It's craziness. Get into that. Um, Going to talk a little Mets. Correa goes to the Twins instead of the Mets. That whole saga and what the hell's been going on there. It's been fairly confusing to follow. But I feel like it deserves some time. So we're going to get into that. And I'm not going to spend much time on the Yankees. Um, they haven't done anything. So, you know, as a Yankee fan, I don't know how to feel about it. But... I saw what the Pirates were asking for for uh, Brian Reynolds. It's it's ridiculous. They want the top three prospects, and it's just not going to happen. And I don't blame the Yankees for not doing that. Just let's just see the kids play, please. I have a little bit to say about them, but that that that's really it there. Um. But yeah, man, <clears throat> and the Knicks. <clears throat> excuse me. Look, the Knicks. <sighs> I really don't know what to think about this team because they got a big win the other night against the Pacers. And I'm going to start. I'm just going to start off with them. They get a big win against Indiana the other night to jump them in the seeding. Uh, They're now the sixth seed. And, dude, I mean, you you have no Miles Turner in the game. Halliburton gets hurt. And... By the way, Halliburton going into that game was had some harsh feelings because Wally Zerbiak said some stupid shit on MSG about him, talking about how he's a wannabe all-star. And let's be real, Wally, 
uh, Halliburton's an all-star. Now, I also think that Jalen Brunson should be in the mix to be an all-star, especially with his last five games. Just look at those stats. He's gotten 40 twice. He's averaging like 35. I'd have to look exactly, but he's he's been balling. So his name should be thrown in the mix, and he should get votes. But Halliburton's an all-star. And that's, that's my opinion, I guess. I, I shouldn't just say that out loud. If anybody else would dispute that, I'm sure they could figure out somebody. But the way he's been playing, it's hard to argue. <clears throat> and Wally Zerbiak the other day, was calling him a, some wannabe all-star and shit. And there's a lot of backstory to Halliburton because the Knicks could have drafted him. And then uh, Sacramento made him available for trades, which no one thought was going to happen because he's a stud. And he got traded to Indy. I was pretty upset when that happened because I wanted him. And I guess the Knicks were just thinking like, well, we didn't draft him. Why prove that we made a mistake? That's that's my thought process. Hence why the Knicks have been where they've been at for the last 25 years. So I'm kind of numb to it at this point. <laughs> it, 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 it all, it's all one big just dysfunctional family in the Knicks organization. So, you know, again, being numb to it, I used to get really frustrated. I still get frustrated watching basketball because of them. But, but like, that's just purely basketball. The way the organization runs itself, look, it ain't going to fucking change, so why bitch and moan about it? You know what I mean? So, you know, that's just neither here nor there at this point. But getting back to the game, either way, Halliburton leaves the game. <laughs> that was my original thing I was going to say. So they had no Miles Turner and eventually had no Halliburton. And even with Halliburton in, they were handily, like, in the lead, like, the Knicks controlled three and a half quarters of play, okay, and they're up 25, you know, in the third, third quarter, you're up 25, I mean, I'm sorry, should I not put my feet up, and guess what, I can't put my feet up with this team, you just can't do it, because they blew that lead, got all the way down to two, and look, I know I'm complaining after a win, I get it. They got the dub. I understand. And at the end of the day, that's really all that matters. And Jalen Brunson showed up. I'll get into that a little bit. It's just super frustrating that I can't sit back and relax when my team is up 25 points. And I should be able to sit back and relax. I mean, look at the other night against Milwaukee. They were up 17 in that game. Now, it's Milwaukee, and they have championship pedigree, and I understand that. And the Knicks don't. They need to learn how to win those types of games. They have to close that game out. You're up 17 in the fourth. Come on. I mean, come on. It goes all the way back to my original point about this team, about them not having a closer. Uh, I slowly think that Brunson is starting to make his case for that. And I'm fine. And uh, just getting to the game, Brunson made some huge shots down the stretch. Um, RJ came back. That was his first game back. He had 27 in his first game back. And he played 41 minutes. And he just, he hadn't played in two weeks. So that tells me he kept his cardio up. He looked pretty good. Um, to play 41 minutes your first game back, you know, that's impressive. And so, you know, you can argue like Obi Toppin, he only got nine minutes last night. And, you know, the starters are playing a lot of minutes, but they have a nine-man rotation. They should be able to, as long as they break that 41 up, it's not going to be long stretches because, <clears throat> especially lately, because the bench hasn't been playing great, and normally they do. We no, no, normally the Knicks bench is not that bad, but they haven't been playing great lately, and you know the starters are carrying the load a little bit, and Jalen Brunson's balling, and I think they finally, I think Tibbs finally, it finally clicked in his head. I don't know why it took so long. I've been screaming to high heaven to get the ball out of Julius Randle's hands in the fourth quarter because. Every time he touches, my heart drops. It's in my throat whenever he touches the ball late in the fourth quarter. It just bothers the hell out of me. We signed Brunson for this reason. Now, can he, I don't think anybody thought Brunson was going to be this good. I mean, if you thought Brunson was going to be this good, you'd I, you'd be lying. I was listen. I was this is what I'll, I'll give you a stat line, I guess, of what I expected from Jalen Brunson. Maybe averaging seventeen. 
you know, four rebounds, five rebounds a game, six to seven assists a game. That's what I was looking for. Honestly, that's a decent point guard. You know what I mean? This dude is this dude. This dude right now. I'll, hold on. I I'm pretty pissed off that I didn't write these stats down because I just spent all day <laughs> writing my notes. But and, and I haven't even looked at them once. But um. <clears throat> This dude's been balling. Brunson's been balling. I want to give you his last five. And I'm sorry I'm, uh, I didn't get those down. Hold on. I'll give you his last five real quick. So, the game against Indiana, he had 34. The game against the Bucks, I know he had over 40. He had 44 the game against the Bucks. The game against the Raptors, Julius led the way with 32, but Brunson had 26. Um, the Spurs game, he went off. He had 38 in the Spurs game. And against the Suns, uh, Julius led the way with 28. And he had 24 against the game against the Suns. <laughs> he, the, the dude hasn't, sh- the dude, the dude's been balling, okay? He's been balling. And he's making the case to be an all-star. And he's proving to Tibbs that he needs to have the ball in his hands late in games. Because he can do whatever he wants. And it's crazy to watch because no one I don't think anybody thought he was gonna be this good. The dude can do whatever he wants. He could dude, he this is one of the only point guards that I've seen at his height that could post you up on the block with ease and know he has the advantage. Or take you off the dribble. Him in the pick and roll is a problem. He's just a problem all the way around. And he's a dog on the defensive end. He's not a liability. You know what I mean? He's not a liability. He's not the best defender in the world, but he 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 plays hard. And I think they're finally getting that through their head. So if that continues to happen, look, I'm not putting any... Again, I don't trust this team still. I don't. As long as Julius Randle's on this team, I don't trust it. And I know he's been balling, and I talked about how he was balling in the last episode. He's still balling. All right? And he's probably... He's probably... He should make the all-star roster. Just looking at the numbers, he should. I don't know if he will or not, but I get it. He's he's been balling, okay? There's no denying that. He just he's the most he can't he can't do anything late, and that's kind of a problem. And look, blowing 25 point leads is a problem as well. Like I don't understand how we can let something like that happen. I just don't. But all look Brunson needs to have the ball late in the game. Period. If we continue to do that, we'll win these games. Okay? Period. <clears throat> it's going to be a very football-centric sh- show. So I'm trying to uh, trying to move here. But, hey, if we go over an hour, it's been a long time since I talked to you all. I don't really care because I have a lot to say about the Jets and the Giants. Because um, the Jets right now are just a freaking debacle. But we'll get into that. I want to talk a little bit about this Mets situation with Correa. You lost him. And initially I was very confused as to how that happened. Because you, I mean, I, re- I remember listening to the, I actually just re-listened to the last episode that I posted previously. That was two weeks ago. And I said, you had to think that Cohen like did his due diligence on the whole situation with Correa. And, um... It didn't look like he did. Um, now, we got some more. I got a little bit more information on that. I remember saying that maybe it was a knee and that people were worried about the back. Well, people are worried about the back, but that wasn't what the problem was in these physicals. The physical, the problem was the ankle. And he had surgery on his ankle, and he had the rods in the ankle. And a lot of doctors are concerned that after a certain period of time, that ankle is just going to, you know, it's not going to be good. So, excuse me. So, look, it's a very confusing thing to me. And I'm not sure how, you know, I I don't know why he jumped so quick. Like, see, this is the this is the difference between Steve Cohen and a lot of other owners. Steve Cohen is a fan of that team. He's been a fan his whole life of that team. And 
when, you know, he's spending like a drunken sailor right now. And he came out and said, you know, like, this is the final piece that we were missing. And you can argue that it was because I think they still need a bat. And that would have that would have did it right there. So now, you know, I got to give credit, I guess, to Billy Epler, who's the Mets GM. Because I guess he just wasn't he wasn't gonna let Steve Cohen make a bad deal. So the initial offer to to, to Correa was twelve years, three hundred plus million dollars. I think it was three fifteen, and pending a physical. Well, the longer and longer that that got delayed, the the weirder this thing got. Um. So at the end of the day, Correa signed with the Twins now, so he's a Twin again. He went back to the Twins. A six-year, $200 million deal. Um, I'd like to understand what Met fans are feeling. I know I talked I talk to my buddy Babs, who's a Met fan, and and this was before anything had happened. And I was like, what do you think about this whole Correa situation? He was like, you know, I'd be a little upset that, I, that we didn't get him. But if we don't, I'm not concerned. Like, I'm not worried about, like, we'll always be with, in with the big fish. Doesn't matter who it is. And when you think about it, I mean, yeah, let's be real. Like now you're saving a lot of money and I'm going to get into the reasons why I think they just didn't make this deal. Um, I don't think the due dili- the proper due diligence was, was done by Steve Cohen. I think he got a little excited and a little ahead of himself, but that's why I brought up the point that he's a Met fan and he's been a Met fan forever. Like, you know. This guy is going to spend no expense, spare no expense to make this te- to get this team to win a World Series, and I respect that. So, you know, that's why I was a little confused because the Mets offered him six years. So it wasn't the years that was the problem. But, and here's why I think the deal didn't go through. Everybody needs to remember, Steve Cohen is at the luxury tax point to where every penny he spends now is taxed at a 90% rate so if he spends a million dollars that's nine hundred thousand dollars that he has to pay in tax so a six-year 157 million dollar deal it wouldn't just be 26 million dollars a year it would actually be closer to 50 million dollars a year because he's paying all that in tax so that's one thing and so you're valuing this guy at fifty million dollars a year if that's what if that's the case. So everybody needs to get that through their head. So that's why the years and the money wasn't the same. Um and two, that ankle seems like it's gonna be a problem in the future. So obviously the twins are gonna, you know, they're gonna take the gamble and 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 do it. It's only a six year deal. It's actually not a bad deal. But um the Mets got scared off from it. And again, the biggest reason is that is the is the is the uh, tax. Like, I guarantee he would have did it if there was no medical problem. But with the medical problem being there, and you know, him having to pay the ninety percent tax, he wasn't. He just wasn't going to do it. So, I understand that. Um, but they should have did a little bit better job, you know, as far as reading more into that situation because. You made a whole big thing like he's coming and, you know, I guess the Giants just went through it too. The San Francisco Giants with with Correa, obviously. I mean, he made a big whole thing how he's the missing piece and all this crap. And, you know, you got a lot of reporters talking about how, like, they thought it was a luxury on top of what the Mets already have. I, I can see that argument. They definitely still need a bat, though. Like... They definitely still need another bat. So they got to figure that out. And Correa would have filled that slot for sure. But I, I don't know. I, it, I I think you did need Correa. Now, down the road, does this help you even more to get Otani? Because, by the way, depending on how the Angels are doing this year, they might put Otani up on the trade block this year. And obviously the Mets are front runners for that. All everybody's been talking about since Otani you know, said he wanted... I guess he didn't say he wanted out, but come on, he's going to want out. They're losing, and he's the only good dude on that team, other than Trout, obviously. So, which Trout probably wants out too, by the way. Their contracts are just crazy. But Otani's going to be the first $50 million player a year. It's going to happen. So, you know, 
excuse me. Um, they're going to be in the runner for that. So, you know, Machado is probably going to opt out of his contract because San Diego is not going to be able to pay him forever. And he's probably going to go want to try to find another World Series contender, although they will be this year. Um, so he's another one. And, yeah, man, I mean, look. I think the Mets are okay still. I mean, you brought you're bringing back a hundred and one win team. I get you 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 faltered down the stretch a little bit, but like that's still a hundred and one win team. I think y'all will be good. Plus, you added a Cy Young Award winner, <laughs> the reigning Cy Young Award winner in the AL. So, I don't know. I think y'all will be okay. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna get into the Ranger game real quick because this shit was crazy. Full disclosure, I did fall asleep, so I, I didn't see it live. It was something great to wake up to, though, in the morning. And I watched the whole third period over. And uh, look, man, I I was probably like most Ranger fans last night. You know, I'm on the edge of my seat <laughs> at six o'clock this morning watching the hot, watching the third period, <laughs> and um. Miller scores with that. Obviously, they pull Shesterkin, who had a great game. And what the hell is the, the goalie for the Stars? I, what is it? Otten something? I they, they they said it all night last night, and I still can't remember. But he he played out of his mind. And Miller, with a second left, just to have the awareness after the sh- his initial shot gets blocked, to just quickly just throw it at the net, and it goes in. With a second point zero eight on the clock, it was craziness. It was crazy to see. I love those games like that. Those type, these types of games, like, and the Rangers haven't been playing bad lately. I mean, look, they could they be playing better? I th- personally think so. I mean, Carolina's got two games in hand, and they're I think four points ahead of us, five points ahead of us. So that's a little frustrating. Even though we beat them the last time we saw them. I'll be going to that game down here when in, I think it's February 11th, maybe the 10th. I don't know. It's one of those days. But I don't miss a Ranger game down here. Whenever they're here, I go. But um, so you know, we gotta we gotta make some ground up. We we lost in overtime to uh, New Jersey, which wasn't good because I mean you're up. I think they were up by two goals at one point in that game, and you let that go. And, yeah, so, you know, we got to get it rolling here. And though this the, the, the game they won last night <clears throat> is the type of game that, you know, starts to get the juices flowing. I mean, improbable win. You get to overtime, and look, the the goal Fox scored was gorgeous, but that whole sequence leading up to that was just beautiful all the way around. Beautiful all the way around. I mean, to Zabinajad uh, forces the turnover, and then the pass to Panarin, and then his move on the boards to get to the net on a breakaway. Great save by the Dallas goalie, and then Zabinajad again getting his stick in there to poke the puck free again. Gets possession. Gets tripped. Loses the puck. Panarin's awareness to sneak the puck over to Fox. And then the 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 craziest play like of the night. Anybody in their right mind, I guarantee, is rushing that shot and staying on the forehand and shooting a wrist shot. I guarantee it. Would have been blocked by whoever was in front of him or the goalie read that. Because when you see the replay, this is why the, the play by Fox was so good. He had the awareness to... Deke to his left and go backhand. Dude, if you see the camera angle on one of the angles, it was a wide open net. Cause he faked everybody out. The one guy the one guy dropped to block the shot, so he was sliding away when he went down to his knees. And then the goalie anticipated him to shoot the wrist shot when in all actuality he just deke to his left and shot the backhand. Wide open net. Wide open net. Fox's patience to me is a thing of beauty. I just love I love watching him play and I love watching Panarin play. Panarin's been shooting the puck this year. 
It's been wonderful to see. And by the way, the amount of fucking crossbars and posts this team hits, I mean, they could have won a lot of these games by a lot that they've lost. I mean, against New Jersey alone, the other night they hit the crossbar and or the post four times. Oh, no. Actually, that was the game against the Wild, I think, because Flurry was the goalie. I mean, I think Flurry's the goalie for the Wild. Hold on. <clears throat> but, yeah, man, and you saw Flurry just thank the post. Like, you saw it. Because it was just, it was helping him out the whole fucking night. And, look, man, <laughs> that's just the way, that's just the way it goes sometimes. Yeah, it was definitely the wild. But, um, that's just the way it goes sometimes. And, and, they're playing well. And that's a game last night. You score with one second left on the clock to force overtime. And then, just how you played in overtime was, I mean, it's three on three. So, they, they want you to score, obviously. So, and the way you scored that goal, it was just great. It was, it, was, it was fun to watch. It was fun to watch. God damn, I'm already 26 minutes in, and I didn't even get to the football yet. All right. Um, yes, so that, that, was fun to, that was fun to see. I'm glad the Rangers got that win. It was a big win. They need to keep on winning. Um, I, unfortunately, will not be watching their game against Montreal on Sunday because it's at the same fucking time as the Giant playoff game, which makes no sense. But, as I say that, I'm going to start going into the football. Um, let's start with the Jets. Look, I mean, what's there to say? They, they lose six in a row to end the season. My question to Jets fans would be, with everything that went down... And went on with the QB situation there. What what do you th- do? You think the season was a failure? Um, look, you gotta you gotta take into consideration what everybody thought uh, they'd be to begin the year. It's one of those things where I'm not sure about it because you were seven and four, <laughs> and you ended the you ended the year six six straight games. I mean, you seven and four. We're talking about you. You know trying to get the division and then boy did you not get the division you finished last because you lost all six games now look there's a lot to blame and obviously a lot has happened with this team um since the season ended and look was it a failure um well your offensive coordinator got fired and the coach didn't want him fired. So I think you got a, a lot more things uh, to worry about than was this season a failure. Because, look, you could, you could say it wasn't because looking at, looking at what they were projected to do, I mean, I think, I think their over-under from Vegas was like five wins. Well, they eclipsed that pretty fucking early. So at that time, yeah, you're thinking everything is great. Um, but I don't know, just considering how it ended and the way it ended, it just didn't look good. The defense started giving up points, uh, and you, you didn't have a touchdown in the final three games. That's pretty embarrassing. Excuse me. And now you fire your offensive coordinator because clearly the owner, even though he came out and said that he had no... Um, input on that decision. That is Robert Sala's decision. Uh, he gives his opinion, but at the end of the day, it's Coach Sala's decision. That's a crock of shit, clearly, because Coach Sala didn't want to fire Mike LaFleur, who, by the way, is he's Coach Sala's best friends with his brother, Matt LaFleur, who's the head coach of Green Bay. And so, he didn't want to get rid of him. He came out earlier in the week talking about, you know, pretty much standing behind him. And he, he brought up his own situation in, in San Francisco. Like, if Kyle uh, Shanahan, who's the head coach of San Francisco, um, you know, gave up on him and fired him. And then he didn't. And he kept his job as the defensive coordinator. And the next year, they were in the Super Bowl. So, he said that at a press conference. So, to, for Woody to say he's just lying, he's just lying. 
He's just lying. Um, he wanted the offensive coordinator fired, period. And that's what happened. Also, um, you know, Mike LaFleur probably went to Coach Sala and was like, listen, I mean, I'm getting inquiries from other teams, which he was, and like, look, this is not your hill to die on, all right? Like, I'll be okay. I think he, I think he eventually, you know, did do that. That, that had to have been how it went down because Coach Sala a week ago didn't want him gone. So, and clearly, Woody made a, probably made an ultimatum. Woody Johnson, who's the owner of the Jets, Woody probably made a, a ultimatum like, well, if he's not gone, then everybody's gone. Which wouldn't surprise me because Woody just can't keep his hands out of shit. It's just a whole lot. It's a whole lot. And another thing he said was, uh, they will spare no expense to get the quarterback of the future, even though they don't want to get rid of Zach Wilson. I don't even want to get into all of that because that shit just doesn't make sense to me. Why I keep the kid as a backup? I get he's the second overall pick, but now you're just not admitting that you made a mistake. And it seems to me more and more each day that Woody Johnson made that pick and not Joe Douglas or Robert Sala, who are the dudes that Woody hired to make those picks. And it's funny. I heard a caller the other day on a DPH on Rothenberg. Shout out to the company, by the way. I hope you all listen to this. It's I feel like it's good. And I feel like I share mostly everybody's opinions and i'd like feedback on twitter whenever you hear anything that you know irks you or whatever but i hope you all are listening neither here or there though either way um i heard a fan the other day talking like he he asked the guys if he, if they ever played madden i mean so he, he pretty much compared what what he's doing <laughs> To the Jets right now is like what we would do in, or something that he would do in like Madden franchise mode or something. <laughs> and obviously that's not the case, but like I thought it was pretty funny and and it's I see what he what he was trying to do because what Woody's doing right now it I don't know. How do you Jets fans feel? Like do you think that the OC should have been fired? Do you blame Mike LaFleur more for what happened with Zach Wilson than anybody? Cuz I think it was more on Zach Wilson personally. But that's just me. But clearly, you know, Woody thought it was LaFleur and the offensive staff. So that's what ended up happening, clearly. So, what are your questions now? Um, well, Question one, I guess, would be who's your next offensive coordinator going to be? Because they already came out and said that the offensive coordinator is going to have a say in the new quarterback. So that probably means they're going to hire an offensive coordinator before they get the quarterback, which I think personally makes sense, even though this whole thing is out of whack anyway. But so who's your offensive coordinator going to be? Well, Kingsbury just got fired. Frank Reich is out there. Um, although I'm sure he would probably want a head coaching job, but I doubt he'll get one after what happened this year with the Colts. Um, but he's out there. There's rumors swirling that if Miami, no matter, I mean, if they lose this playoff game against the Bills, which by the way, they're 13 and a half point underdogs in Buffalo, no to, uh, obviously, um, and no Teddy Bridgewater, so I think Skylar Thompson's going to be their quarterback. 13.5-point underdogs. There's rumors swirling that um, Miami wants to go after Brady and Harbaugh in the offseason. So, that's possible, and I think Brady is going to end up in Miami, personally, because I don't think he's going to retire, but that's a different conversation. Um, But there's rumors that Mike McDaniel might get fired. Um, if Miami loses this playoff game, which they're probably going to get smoked against Buffalo. So, you know, I'd be surprised personally, but the rumors are out there. And, I mean, considering he just brought Miami to the playoffs for the first time in a little bit. So, and what he did to that offense, especially when Tua was healthy, they were humming. So, you know, if he becomes available, shit, 
if I'm a Jet fan, sign me up. I want him. He'd be at the top of my list. But uh, yeah, man, you gotta you gotta you gotta figure that out. And I'll ask you, Jet fans, again. Your other quarterback, your your other quarterback, your other problem is who's going to be your quarterback. Obviously, you cannot go into the season with Zach Wilson as your starter. You just can't. And Woody acknowledged that at least, saying that you know money's not going to be an object for the quarterback. So he knows that quarterback needs to be filled. Um, <coughs> so I got some names. Who would you? Who would move the needle for you? I mean, Jimmy G's going to be available. Uh, Derek Carr is going to be available. Aaron Rodgers, Brady, maybe. Um, Lamar Jackson, Justin Fields. Uh, and a lot of you might be asking, well, Justin Fields is on the Bears and Lamar is a Raven. Well, Lamar is not going to be playing in this playoff game this weekend because apparently his knee is not a hundred percent still, and that contract situation has. Doesn't seem like, I don't think personally they're going to get something done in Baltimore. Because he's asking for a lot of guaranteed money. Now, they can franchise tag him. That without, you know, he doesn't have to be involved in that at all. They can franchise tag him and that's it. He's a Raven. So that's probably what they'll end up doing. So he might stay a Raven. But if there is an opportunity to go get Lamar Jackson... I jump on that, but I think that's a little far-fetched. Aaron Rodgers, a little far-fetched because, um, you know, you'd have to – his contract is, is is insane. I think he's making $56 million next year. That's a hard deal to move for a 40-year-old quarterback. I mean, he, there was a bit of a drop-off this year, although they started to gain some chemistry going towards the end of the season. They shit – they had a winner in game in week 18. That's all you can ask for, right? And they were 4-8 and eight at one point. So they turned it on a little bit. Um, but he did not have an MVP season by any stretch. Would I still rather Aaron Rodgers over Zach Wilson or Mike White? 100%. So if there was an opportunity to get him, I'd do that as well. But that just doesn't seem like it's going to happen because the Packers aren't going to be able to trade away that contract. So... I think you can cross Lamar and Rodgers off the list. Brady is interesting. I think he's going to go to Miami. I I know I just said that. But Brady, he, you know, coming back to the AFC East, plays New England twice a year. He hated the Jets with a passion, just like Belichick does. He hated the Jets. So would he come to the Jets? Uh, That seems a little far-fetched to me as well. But I can't say I'd be absolutely stunned if that happened. Because considering, you know, the Jets are sticking with Zach Wilson still for whatever reason. Don't know why. But he'll be on this roster next year. And who better to sit behind than the greatest of all time? And who's 46? So you're not going to sign him to a long-term deal. Um. So yeah, I don't know. I mean... It's a possibility, I guess. I don't see that happening, but if it's a possibility, you definitely need to look into it. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. But the more realistic options are the three uh, that I named first: are Jimmy G, Derek Carr, and Justin Fields. Now, Jimmy G to me now wouldn't make sense, and the only reason being is that you just let go of the offensive coordinator of the same offense that is run in San Francisco. You just let him go. So, does Jimmy G, when healthy, win? And that's another reason. Jimmy G has played one full season. Now, that one full season, his team went to the Super Bowl. Can't argue that. Can't dispute against that. They lost, and if it wasn't for him throwing a ball two yards too far... They win that Super Bowl, but they lost. Still got to the Super Bowl. We're talking about playoffs for the Jets. The playoffs, okay? The Jets have not made the playoffs in 12 seasons, okay? So get someone who can get you there. Jimmy G has proven he can get teams to the playoffs. And with your defense, should be able to. 
and the weapons that you have on offense. So, Jimmy G is not the worst in the world, but now you just got rid of the offense that he already runs in San Francisco because you let go of Mike LaFleur. So, you kind of just bit yourself in the ass there. And Jimmy G is going to want to get paid. Are you going to want to pay him $30 million a year to get hurt? Got to think of all that. Then you got Derek Carr. Now, it's funny. I I just went on Twitter earlier, and someone posted, this is Derek Carr's only playoff game where he threw. It was last year against Cincinnati where he threw the interception in the red zone, and Cincinnati won. Whatever, okay? The key word in that in that situation there is playoffs. He has been to the playoffs. Guess where the Jets have not been for, again, 12 seasons? The playoffs. So, with all that being said, Derek Carr is also an upgrade. Don't hate that. Derek Carr has also had the worst defenses for the last five years. Go look at the stats. They were ranked 31st and 32nd in every statistical category on defense for the last five years. And he got his team to the playoffs last year with John Gruden resigning because of all the email shit that came out about him. Henry Ruggs getting arrested and put thrown in jail for driving drunk and killing somebody. So, look, the dude's been through it. D- Devontae Adams very might, like, he very well may be a package deal with their car wherever he goes. I'm just throwing that out there. That's a little bit of a hot take. Don't know how it would happen. So, you know, it just makes sense to me because that's the only reason Devontae Adams went to fucking uh, Vegas in the first place. So, to me, they're a package deal. You got Derek Carr, Devontae Adams, Elijah Vera Tucker coming back from injury, helping with that offensive line, Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall coming back from injury. Um, Yeah, I like that. I like that. But, with all of that being said, my favorite option is trading for Justin Fields. The reason that is my favorite option is with Houston winning against Indianapolis in Week 18, they gave up the number one pick in the draft. You know who got it? The Chicago Bears. You know who might draft the quarterback? (laughs) The Chicago Bears. And everybody thinks Bryce Young out of Alabama is going to be the number one pick. So, with that being said, if it is possible to trade for Justin Fields, that's not a King's Ransom. If you got to give up more than two first-round picks, no, no. Do not do it. But if you're telling me, you know, a player, a first-round pick, and a third-round pick, oh, I'm doing that. Because, one... You have him under control for at least two and a, two more years, I think, or three more years. Three more years. You have him under control for three years on a rookie deal. And, and, he's young. <laughs> he's young. And, he's clearly better than Zach Wilson. Now, you could have drafted, drafted Justin Fields because Zach Wilson and Justin Fields... Came from the same draft class. This is the problem I have with a lot of people, a lot of owners in football, a lot of GMs in, in every sport, not just football. They don't, they aren't willing to say that they made a mistake. You made a mistake on Zach Wilson. Let's just be real, okay? That dude is trash. You can say he had the yips. You can call whatever the fuck you call want to call it. Mike LaFleur last week probably saw the writing on the wall. Knew he was going to get fired, so he just told the truth. And he said, in hindsight, Zach's first year, it would have been better to have a vet, veteran quarterback start instead of Zach starting right away in week one. Uh, I was screaming to high heavens how stupid that was at the time, and it was still stupid now. So, look. They screwed up. They admitted that. And then Mike LaFleur gets you know fired. So, I mean... He probably knew that was coming. So that's probably why he said all that shit. But, excuse me. But, it's true. And it's part of the reason why he's probably not going to be a great NFL quarterback. 
And it's part of the reason why the Jets have been horrible at drafting quarterbacks. You mean, so, I'm going to just throw this question out there. If Zach Wilson gets drafted to the 49ers, does he look this way? It's hard to say no. It's hard to say no. But at the same time, you never know. You never know. Kyle Shanahan has been a quarterback guru. I mean, I guess Trey Lance don't look great. <laughs> but he's got Mr. Irrelevant in there right now, who won six straight games to end the season, ended 13-4, and four, got the two seed in the NFC, and is going up against, uh, who are they playing? Seattle this weekend in the wildcard round. Now it's his first playoff game. We'll see what happens. I'll get into all that shit. But it's been nuts. Last pick in the draft. It's been balling. So, a dude with Zach Wilson's talent, you're telling me if he goes to San Francisco, he looks the same? I don't know. I don't know about that. I think he is probably pretty damn good. That's just, you know, where you end up means something, clearly. And you could tell right now that in terms of the Jets, um... The owner has his hands on too much shit. He's making too many decisions that are football-related. And they're co- the decisions are being made by a guy who doesn't doesn't really know football, clearly. I mean, he came out and said the other day uh, in the same press conference, talking about how there's not going to be a playoff mandate. How can there not be a playoff mandate when you benched your number two overall pick this year to make the playoffs? And then ended up missing the playoffs. And now you fired your offensive coordinator. So what you know what you, you know what happens after a coordinator gets fired? Normally the head coach is next. And then the GM. So to come out and like just blatantly lie and say there's not a playoff mandate is a crock of shit when you're going after a veteran quarterback in the offseason. So come on. Let's get real here. Okay? Robert Sala, if he wants to continue coaching this team after next season, has to make the playoffs next season, period. Or else he's gone. So don't let Woody fool you there. Um, But the issue is Woody's hands are all over this team. And you know what? It never works. And coming from a Giants fan, I know. Because I lived it for the last six years. And finally, John Mara got his head out of his ass and just let these people do their jobs. Instead of forcing Eli Manning. Or, the reason you hired Dave Gettleman is because he wanted to continue to work with Eli Manning. Everybody knew Eli Manning was done. But John Mara treated the dude like a son. And trust me, I love Eli Manning to death. He's a Hall of Famer, in my opinion. At me on that. Let's go. I'm willing to talk about that. But what John Mary was doing for the last five seasons is the reason why we weren't in the playoffs, okay? You got one good year with Ben McAdoo in 16 and 17, and then they did that stupid boat trip before the Green Bay game and got smoked. And that's the last time the Giants were in the playoffs, okay? And the reason that we missed the playoffs the next however many seasons was because they kept trying to do shit to get Eli one more. Well, I guess they forgot how to do that shit. Because drafting a running back second overall is the reason why that happened. Okay? That's the that's why that happened. And then you benched him for fucking Geno Smith. Who, by the way, this year is comeback player of the year. I understand that. But the whole situation was just crazy because the owner wanted to get one more for Eli. And that's how they ran that organization for five seasons. They finally gave it up. Joe Shane came in, and it seems like everything he fucking touched, he has like the Midas touch. Everything he touches turns to fucking gold. It seems like. (laughs) And Brian Dable. They're just letting them do their job. And Woody isn't letting Robert Sala or Joe, Joe Douglas do their job. Because I can't, it, you can't look at Zach Wilson in the season that he's had and say, yeah, that guy's going to help us win in the future. Come on, man. Miss me with that shit. Miss me with that shit, please. So, 
I understand where Jets fans are at. And I do think if you get the quarterback, you're a contender in the AFC for sure. But who's that going to be? You know what I mean? Who's it going to be? If you get Lamar, oh boy. I think you should go after Fields. That's my pick. Like, if you could figure out a way to get Fields without giving up more than two first-rounders, go for it. Go for it. Because he's going to have way more weapons on this team. He's not going to have to run the ball every fucking play. So don't worry about that. And he's a way bigger body than Zach. But you might not want to do that because you, you'll blatantly be saying you made a mistake. So we'll see what happens there. But Fields is my guy. If it's not going to be Fields, it's Derek Carr. Jimmy G don't stay healthy. Derek Carr at least stays healthy. Wow, I went hard on the Jets. They had a lot going on, man. <laughs> they had a lot going on. You know you know who else has a lot going on? You know who else? You know who else? The fucking New York football fucking Giants, baby. They're in the playoffs. Back to the present day. I just I just went down a bad path with that John Mara shit and the whole Eli shit to end his career. That was a bad path. We we don't want to we don't want to stay there. <laughs> Giants are in the playoffs. Last time I spoke to y'all, they were going into that game against Indy that I was super confident about. They ended up blowing them out. A lot of shit happened with Thibodeau and the fucking celebrations and yada yada yada. I had a lot of thoughts on that, but uh, you know what? My my overall feeling is when are we going to stop asking these players to apologize for playing the game they love? I'm just saying. All right, people get fucking hurt all the time. Was he? Did he look like an idiot? Yeah, he did. He, yeah, especially when he did the sleepy time celebration on the sideline after he, you know, you see fucking Nick Foles getting carted off and shit. Trust me, not a good look. I don't think you know it was right, but to sit there and have him apologize for it. Why? Why? For what? You don't have to apologize, bro. You're just doing your job. You get paid to go sack the quarterback. And I might ruffle some feathers there, but that's just how I feel about it. All right? Sorry. But um, anyway, they win that game. Going to the game against the Eagles. It's so funny, too. That game against the Eagles, I'm sitting there three weeks ago telling telling my buddy Bo out in Pennsylvania, who's an Eagles fan, and my cousin's friend Bo, out, you know, diehard Eagles fan. And he texted me the other day. He goes, you guys are benching your starters this weekend. And I was like, I know. And it's the fucking right decision, too. And then I said to him, I was like, isn't it crazy? Three weeks prior, I'm sitting here talking about how I hope y'all have nothing to play for because then you'll bench your starters and we might actually have a chance to win that game. <laughs> Little did I know, we weren't going to need it. So they benched the starters. Daniel Jones didn't start. Saquon was out. Every, you know, they got to bench the starters there. I don't disagree with that decision because... If you pull like what the Chargers pulled and Brandon Staley, who solidified their spot in the playoffs, they weren't going to move at all, played every starter, and now Mike Williams, one of their best receivers, probably their best receiver, is questionable for the playoff game this weekend against the Jaguars. So, I don't know. You tell me what the right decision was. And I don't want to hear when they come out against Minnesota if they have a slow start talking about, oh, like... Honestly, I'm not even going to look at Twitter during the game. Like, I'm going to be hyper-focused on this game. So, I'm not even looking at Twitter. But when I go on Twitter, I do not want to see shit like, oh, this is why they shouldn't have rested the starters. They came out slow. Yada, blah, 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 blah. No. No. They did the right thing. Because what happens if they play, play the starters and Daniel Jones goes down? Or Saquon goes down? Or Thibodeau goes down? Or Lawrence goes down? Or McKinney goes down again. Or Julian Love goes down. Exactly. Exactly. You need a fully healthy team going into the playoffs. And that's what the Giants have right now. So, I am not mad about it. And I'm actually extremely excited about it. Because they're going up against Minnesota. Okay? Um, Just a little bit on that Philly game though. Davis Webb is a dog. I loved watching him play. He played his heart out. He looked. He didn't look like a starter. He obviously is not a starting quarterback in the league. <laughs> he looked like a practice squad player. But he played hard. You had a Kenny Galladay sighting at the end there. Look, man, they kept it to six points. And guess who played their starters? Philly. Philly looked very beatable. That's all I'm going to say. 
That's all I'm gonna say about that game. It was fun to watch that game. I didn't. I went into that game with my feet up because we are. No matter what happened to us, we weren't moving up or down in the standings. So I was chilling. Um, and I was really happy with how the the backups played in that game. They played fucking hard, man. Which actually made me more excited for the playoff game coming up, which I'm getting into now. Um. Here's one thing that worries me about this game. So we're going up against Minnesota. And the only thing that worries me about this game. This is, look, by the way, prior to prior to knowing all the seeds and stuff, I went into the last couple weeks thinking if we can get Minnesota in the first round, that's the matchup you want. Because it is. And I, I, again, I listened to my last episode, and I went off on Minnesota on how fraudulent they are. Because they are. They're 13-4 and four with a minus three point differential. They're fraudulent. Okay? The Giants have a negative point differential too, but they're 9-7-1. It's completely different, so don't come at me with that bullshit. Okay? Um, again, I understand defending your team, but let's be honest here. Frauds. Anyway, uh, here's what worries me. Every expert, everybody I listen to on New York radio, everyone and their fucking mothers are picking the Giants (laughs) to win this game. And look, not that I can't see why people would pick the Giants to win this game considering how they played against Minnesota at Minnesota in week 16, but I'm... I'm not so sure where all this confidence is coming from. You know what I mean? Like, why are 90% of the people picking the Giants? Like, where, what game have you watched, right, that makes you think, other than the Minnesota game, I, clearly, I get it. And I, I'm on the record saying that, like, I thought the Giants played better in that game than Minnesota did. I absolutely did. I remember saying it. I believe it. And I still believe it. But that still don't mean shit to me when, look, let's see who the Giants have beat, right? They beat, I think they only beat one playoff team this whole season. They beat uh, Tennessee to open the season. No, they beat two playoff teams, okay? They beat Baltimore and Jacksonville by the skin of their teeth in both games. So those aren't bad wins at, by any stretch. They beat Houston. Uh, they beat Indianapolis. Uh, they beat Washington. Tied with them once, which ended up being huge. Uh, not not a playoff team though. They beat Green Bay. Um, who else did they beat? They lost to Detroit. They beat Washington. They beat Tennessee. Lost to Seattle. Um, Washington, Tennessee, Baltimore, Green Bay, lost to Dallas, lost to Philly twice, Indy, um, Jacksonville, I'm missing a couple there, I don't remember who else they played, but, uh, either way, look. It's not like they played the highest of competition. I just it's it's just weird to me. You know what I mean? I I think everybody's basing it off the last game, and if you are, I I guess I would agree with it. But as a Giants fan, I'm just like, can we chill, please? <laughs> I I enjoy being the slight underdog. I don't like going into an away playoff game, um, and having everybody pick them. I I just don't, especially when the team has never been in the playoffs. Like, this specific team. So, I don't know. I'm eerie about that. Um, but at the end of the day, I do think they're going to win the game. <laughs> it just scares me, man. It just really scares me. Because everybody's picking them. Everybody. That type of shit scares me. I don't know if it's being superstitious or it's just like it's just too much. But, like, what if everyone's wrong? Like, I don't know. Like, that type of stuff makes me so nervous. But, I I don't know. I think they can get it done, too, though. And I think Philly's beatable, by the way. Because I don't know if anybody watched that game, that giant Philly game. But 
it was uh didn't look great for Philly. <laughs> Giants were in that game. Um with their backups. But that's not here there. Either way. What do they need to do, man? What do they need to do? Let's preview the game a little bit. Um look, Jefferson's gonna get his. Justin Jefferson is just a stud. He just he's a stud. Um my biggest thing is going to be Hawkinson and uh, Osborne. Those two in the passing game, if you shut them down, I like our chances. So don't let Hawkinson beat you. Justin Jefferson is going to get his. I, I, I compare Justin Jefferson to like a LeBron. Like, like you can't guard LeBron. Can't guard Justin Jefferson. Although he didn't have a great final week. But that's neither here there. Justin Jefferson is going to get it. He, they, they give him the ball a lot. So he'll get his. Don't let Hawkinson beat you. Don't let Osborne beat you. Don't let Thielen beat you. They got a lot of weapons on this team. Stop the run. Dalvin Cook hasn't had a great, great, great season. He's very good. He's had a very good season. I don't want to shit on Dalvin Cook. He's a really, really good running back. I would love to have him on my team. But um, you got you to gotta keep him in check. Uh, you got to get to Kirk. Cousins early. You got to make him uncomfortable. Because he has shown when he gets uncomfortable early, he starts to, you know, get the happy feet and he starts to rush his throws. And, you know, he's not really reading the defense as much. He's just going to his first option. And if it's not there, he's taking a sack or he's fumbling the ball or he's throwing an interception. But it's going to that first option. You understand what I'm saying? So you get to him early and. This is Aziz has to have a big game. Kayvon has to have a big game. Their right tackle's out for the year. They're starting right tackle. So that's a big loss for Minnesota. Their center's out. That's a big loss for Minnesota. The Giants' front four has to take advantage of that. They have to take advantage of that. And look, you got to keep their offense off the field. If you're not going to get pressure, you got to keep their offense off the field. What does that mean? You got to run the fucking football when you have the ball. So Saquon, you're going to get, this is probably the healthiest Saquon you're going to get all season, considering, you know, he just, he, he sat last week, and, you know, he'll be he'll be fully ready to go. So, you know, along with Daniel Jones going with the uh, RPOs, because he's like one of the best in football at fake, like, he fucking fakes the camera guys out almost every play when they do an RPO and he keeps it. Everybody thinks Saquon has the ball. And it was funny. The other day, uh, it it was the Indianapolis game, actually, where they had the camera on Saquon the whole time, and he just stops running. And I'm watching him, and I'm like, why the fuck are you stopping? And Daniel Jones ended up have, having the ball fucking 10 yards downfield already. <laughs> he, doesn't get a lot of, he, he doesn't get enough credit for that. But you got to keep their offense off the field, which means you have to run the ball. And if you do all of these things, <laughs> that should do it. That should do it. <sighs> all right. At the end of the day, the Giants are going to win that game. And I'm super fucking hyped about it. And I don't want anybody bothering me. I'm not going to be looking at fucking Twitter. I'm not going to be looking at any of that shit. Because I just don't even want to see what the commentary is going to be during the game. It already bothers me looking at some of the shit you people say on Twitter. But, um, yeah, I think they'll win. I have a very, very, very good feeling about it. All right, let me pull these spreads up. I haven't really... Uh, I looked at them earlier. I know I know a couple of them. I know the Giants are a three-point underdog at, home, at uh, Minnesota. I'm picking the Giants to win this game. So, if you're betting, go with the Giants, please. And that's not a homer pick. I think strategically and everything, they're the better football team, personally. So, all that being said, go with the Giants. Um, hold on, let me pull these up real real quick, though. I had them up earlier, but and I meant to write them down, but we're going. We're going, we're going, we're going. Seattle's a 10-point underdog <clears throat> at San Francisco, obviously. They're home. Uh... I think Seattle I don't think Seattle wins the game, but I think they cover the ten. So I'd take this I'd take Seattle minus the ten. 
Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, plus the 10, sorry. Not minus the 10. Um, you got the Chargers in Jacksonville. The Chargers are a point and a half favorite. Mm. I like Jacksonville. <laughs> I like Jacksonville for sure. Oh, the number changed actually just now. Plus two and a half. Oh, I'm taking Jacksonville. No problem. Uh, the Bills are 13 and a half point favorites at home. I, I knew that one. I saw that. I'm actually, I would pick the Bills to cover that game. I think they're going to blow Miami out considering they have their third string quarterback playing. Uh, Cincinnati against Baltimore, nine point favorites at home. I'm staying away from that. I wouldn't even touch that game. And just to piss Dallas fans off, Monday night, they're two and a half point favorites in Tampa. I'm going with Tampa to win that game. So pick Tampa if you want to win some money. By the way, finished 87th out of like 1,700 people in the cover five contest thing that I was in. So that was pretty good. I would have made some money if I actually bet these things. So that just means listen to me. Anyways, all right, I think I'm going to end it there. Uh, again, I appreciate everybody's patience. I'm sorry. I've been, you know, delaying a couple weeks here, but last shit's been happening. So again, thank you for listening. I appreciate y'all. Go Giants, baby. We're about to get our first playoff dub it, since our since the Super Bowl in 2011. Go Giants. Woo! Peace.